When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, Leafs Nation, saddle up, get your lunch, get your feet up, and get ready because we're about to talk some Maple Leafs hockey with the man, Steve Peters. There was a lot of buzz after our last chat, my friend. Everybody was pretty excited about what we were talking about. And one thing that was talked about, and people really, I guess, sunk their teeth into figuring things out from thousands of miles away was the the Coyotes and where their home is going to be and what is what. And, you know, like we talked about, we talked about the fact that it could be Ishby, that it could be the parcel of land getting bid on, could be leaving to go to somewhere else. But everybody had an opinion. It, it caught fire for a little bit there, man. So break some of that down for me. What was some of the stuff that you saw that you're like, whoa, 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 hang on. I'm in this. I know what's going on a little bit more than probably someone who's just reading articles and clicking links. Yeah, you know, it is frustrating. And it is, it's not just that I'm here and I'm literally, I, I'm five minutes from where they're talking about putting the new arena. So I'm literally in the neighborhood and you're hearing things like, well, the, the public doesn't want it. Well, guess what? public does it's not buy a bunch of homes i don't know where the concept was that this is near homes this is a this is a very commercial area you know movie theaters restaurants shopping there are some apartment complexes but there this isn't a housing community it's literally a stone's throw from the freeway like you could hit it with a nine iron so i I think that was one of the misconceptions that the public doesn't want it because i haven't heard that at all as a matter of fact most of the public thinks that's a spot where it could go where it won't affect housing as much so i think that's a good sign and the other good sign is, is Morello, he just has to win the bid. And I know that sounds like just winning the bid. Well, he he's he's often said that he's got the money. Well, now he's got the opportunity to show people he's got the money. And That's you've true. got these other groups that are coming in. Potentially, there's nobody committed to saying that they are going to bid on this land. I've heard rumors of different companies, but no one publicly has said they're going to bid on this land. It's up to Morello now. The, the ball's in his court. If he's if he's a billionaire and he's got a checkbook, that land could be his. Now, will there be hurdles and issues after? Yes, and there's been some debate on what that means. And there's been debate about public outcry and voting. And, and the understanding with PHNX is that the, the one of the reasons this land was so highly sought after by Morello is he would not need to have a public vote on this piece of land if he were to acquire it and buy the land. So I, I'm not quite sure where this, where the thought process is that there's going to be some kind of a, a public vote after this. Um, the truth is no one really knows. The, yep. the good news is this is going to be wrapped up by June. The, the, 
the auction is in June. And if people think it's going to be faster to move this team from Salt Lake City than it is to buy this piece of land, I, I just think they've take a step back and realize all of the things and all of the infrastructure that needs to happen to put a hockey team in Salt Lake. When Winnipeg moved from Atlanta, they already had the Manitoba Moose there. They had a hockey infrastructure there and ready yeah. to take over immediately. I don't think that's ready in Salt Lake City. So, so I think we'll see till June. I've also heard that Gary Bettman is, well, the league doesn't want this. Well, if Gary Bettman and the league didn't want this, they sure as hell to move by now. They, they yeah. wouldn't have waited this long. So I, I have a hard time believing. And just from what we've heard from Gary Bettman himself, that, that no, he's very interested in staying in this market. He's giving Morello an opportunity to follow through on the plan he has put forth. That is from Gary Bettman's mouth. So to me, that says the league is still going to wait this out. Yeah. And I mean, that's all that we've heard, right? They want to see the due process take its turn. And then, if things don't progress with the land purchase agreement, obviously, then you start exploring other options. I mean, just as much as anyone. Like I said to you last time, I'd like this to be put to bed, signed, sealed, delivered, and figured out. Because obviously, you never want to see a market lose their team. And there's a lot of people saying, well, they should have lost it a long time ago. Look at Atlanta. Look at all the other markets that have moved. Winnipeg, you know, Quebec. They didn't really get the chance that the Coyotes have had. But at the same time, there were still teams around those areas where those teams had left. There's still someone to fill the gap in Canada. There's at that time, six other markets to go find, you know, your favorite team in Canada. If you need to for this year, I want this team to succeed. So I hope it stays. Yeah. Well, because it needs to, I think it needs to. I do too. And I understand the frustration. I really do from fan bases that have lost their team. I was living in Minneapolis when they lost the North stars and it's an incredibly painful, difficult process for hockey fans to go through. But keep in mind, this is all about, at the end of the day, it's about money and viability of a marketplace. And this is the number 11 TV market in the United States. There is a large population base here. Gary Bettman doesn't want to lose this market in the Southwest. He doesn't. If there's an ability to keep a team here, and as long as there is an ownership group interested in buying a building, building a building, or having a building to put hockey in, in this marketplace, this team is going to stay. And I know that frustrates a lot of people to hear. I don't know how this is going to end. I know people say I, I've been lying and I'm, I'm not lying. I don't, I don't know. Like yeah. I, I, no one knows how this is going to end up, but the next step in the process, there's a meeting on March 8th. That's going to say, Hey, that this is moving forward for the auction. The date will be set in the March meeting of the state land board. At that time, we'll see the auction set for June. And then we just have to wait till June. And, and if Morello buys the land, yes, he has hurdles to, to get through and he's got to negotiate with the city of Phoenix. All of those things are true. However, if you think this billionaire hasn't haven't broached the subject with the city of Phoenix and had some idea of the viability of this project going forward, he probably wouldn't be putting up the money he's talking about putting up. So I, I think it does bode well for hockey fans in Arizona if if he can actually acquire this land at the auction. And listen, for anyone who's listening to this right now too, how much do you love going to a new building? And that's what we're talking about here. Something new, something exciting. Everybody got fired up for the new building in Edmonton when that was finally done, shovels in the ground, and it came to fruition. And now look at a beautiful spot to go watch a game. How much more beautiful would it be down there in Arizona? Warm weather, watching hockey. There's a way to do this and it'll get done. And ask the Leafs fans, James, they like it here. They like getting on an airplane in January and February and coming to Arizona, playing a little golf and going watching hockey. So for everyone north of the border that likes to come down here, let's hope this thing gets done over the summer. Yeah, just pack it up and finish it. That's all that needs to be done. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some backing and some things to help the process, shall we say. But speaking of helping the process, let's move over to the Maple Leafs. 
helping the Leafs process here is we got a second line now. We wow. talked last week, you know, we were talking about Domi a little bit, how he wasn't one of your absolute favorite guys, but they put him on a line with Tyler Bertuzzi, another kind of, a, you know, let's call him what he is, an arsehole kind of player, does dirty, greasy things that you'd love on your team, but other teams don't. And then with William Nylander, this guy is having a great season and can score pretty much prolifically um, this season, put up good numbers. Now he's saddled up with Domi and Bert, who are rolling as well, and not to mention Bertuzzi now on power play number one, cleaning up all the garbage and banging in all the pucks. And now he's got three on the power play. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I was pretty hard on Domi last week. And, and one of the things I want to say is I just didn't – and the way he was playing, it wasn't a fit for him. And now it seems to be that he's got a fit on that second line. And and he and Tyler Bertuzzi have, have some kind of chemistry together, that disturber, that get under the opponent's skin, that this could be a very effective line, not just now for the remainder of the regular season, but to me that's a playoff line. Because not only can you you can you can defend, you can you can get quick on pucks, you can be unbelievably aggressive on the forecheck. Oh, and by the way, William Nylander's on that line. And you can just get him the puck and that can score. So now you go from a team from a line that looks like a third line in their aggressive nature and their ability to get under the opponent's skin. But you put William Nylander on that, that line. Wow. And that's an offensive threat when they come over the boards right after they just got done defending Matthews and Marner. So having that as a one-two punch is phenomenal. But beyond that, James, what I thought was interesting is what happened to John Tavares. Yes. And, and here's a guy that, that has been the guy I mean, in his entire career. He's the guy. Yep. And, and now he's looking around him and he's looking at Bobby McMahon and, and, and Nick Robertson. He's going, well, I thought I was the guy. So that's the one that over the long term, especially in this last 30 games, where is he going to fit in and how is he going to feel about that in the switching of lines? Well, for me, I think you look at him, he's the captain. So obviously they probably sat him down and said, hey, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. You know, what are your thoughts? Because obviously a guy like John Tavares carries a lot of pride and you don't want someone with that kind of pride sitting in the third hole, being grumpy about it or not happy about it, he seems to have embraced the role. Actually, to be honest with you, he's producing in that role. He scored a couple of goals. He's helping out Bobby McMahon. He's helping out Nick Robertson. It's like the veteran leading the two young guys. And Bobby McMahon, by the way, not exactly green as a young, young guy. Right. He, you know, he's in his almost towards 30. So obviously he's coming on late in his career, but he's putting up numbers. He's driving the lane. He looks confident. Nick Robertson's feeding off of all of that from John Tavares and Bobby McMahon. But the thing for me with John Tavares is for Nick Robertson's cake is we've been saying he needs to play with a better type player. Well, John Tavares is still a better type player, but he's more effective in a sheltered third line role where he can do his good on the defensive end of things with the face off and stripping pucks and those kind of things where he's not fleet of foot, but he has two guys who have speed on either side of him to offset that, but it helps Robertson because now he's playing with a guy who has high hockey IQ and can dish him the puck in certain situations. I like it. And I, and I think this gives Toronto, you're talking about three lines that can roll one, two, three, that can all provide offense. And that secondary offense, you know this Maple Leaf team's going to score. I mean, you know with Matthews, Marner, Nylander, they've got that high-end, top-end scoring. It's the second the secondary guys that are going to really push you through the playoffs. We've seen it with so many teams, yep. and it's those guys that are underneath, that bottom six that you really need. If you're going to continue in that battle, that couple-month-long battle to win a cup, you need that bottom six. And I think what this does is this gives them the secondary scoring that the Leafs really need. But the concern for me is still going to be right now. Tavares is accepting the role. As long as the points are coming, I think he'll be fine. I, I still wonder with him, he's a 
he's a pretty proud guy and he's got that ego of I'm the guy. And I, if he can accept the role as a captain, as just another cog in the wheel of a team, I think this is a great move for the Toronto Maple Leafs. If he cannot, if he's a guy that's going to say, Hey, I don't fit here. I belong in the top six. Yep. Um, over time that can cause some disruption in the room. So let's hope that, that his, his mission is to help this team win because I really believe that this is the best spot for him down the stretch. And, and, and in the playoffs, you want to have that, bottom six scoring threat and i think that oh, has i talk about this one here because ryan o'reilly came in and this is what they wanted ryan o'reilly to be was that third line center the veteran present the guy who can put you over the top by being that third line center and give you those extra minutes and give you that extra push well now they're doing it homegrown wise with john tavares and you know ryan o'reilly did not accept that role he made it very clear in the offseason that he wanted more of a prominent role on a team he didn't want to be a third-line center. That was not a role he was willing to accept. So you're right. If John Tavares can accept this, this puts the team, to, in my opinion, over the top because now you have depth on your center. And by the way, you're still waiting on a guy named Cali Yarncroak who's going to be probably on your fourth line, which will help amplify that line. So, I mean, yeah. that even helps more. But if JT can accept this and roll forward, it's big for the Leafs because they have not had this yeah. you know, sustainably. They have not yeah, had he, someone in that third hole. James, you need, and you talk about Yarncroft, you, you do need, you need depth. And somebody, knock on wood, somebody's going to get hurt in, yep. in the playoffs. Somebody's going to go down, and you don't know who that star is going to be that's going to be the guy that fills in. And you know, it could be McMahon. I mean, he's been a guy that you've shown that just kind of came out of nowhere. Now he's, He's the guy that can provide that offense. So one of these guys in the bottom six is going to be a guy that helps either win an important game or an important series for the Leafs going forward. So I think it's important that they do have four lines. I still get concerned, and we talked about the trade deadline a lot, and I know we're going to get to that soon, but you're going to have to find there's still holes that need to be filled on this team, even with the jumbling yeah. up of, of Tavares. So there, there is still some work to do. There definitely is. Well, let's talk about this one here. The Leafs are facing the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, they're coming into town. The Leafs pumped them up in their own barn, seven to three. You know, they're coming into town wanting to get a little revenge for you. You look at a team that's coming in like Vegas. They're a proud team. They're a team that's really top of the, the heap here in the NHL. What are they going to do tonight? Because obviously for me, I say this team comes in and you know, their defense is still intact. You know, their goaltending is still what it is. It's, you know, one of the better ones in the NHL. Obviously their four group is depleted. Can the Leafs just outmatch them again, forward-wise? Yeah, if, if the Leafs play 60 minutes and just stick to their game plan and just play, I think the Leafs are the better team tonight. I, I, I think the concern is if, if they if they try, and, and, and I think Vegas can hold them off the scoreboard for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, now the Leafs start pressing. And that means you look at players like Nylander and Matthews try to do too much on their own, then you create turnovers. And I think if Vegas is patient, and creates those turnovers, they can surprise you with their team speed. But you're right, without Eichel, without Stone, Dorofiev, William Carrier, like this isn't the same Vegas Golden Knight team. They're, they're beat the hell up up front. I, I think if Toronto can just manage the puck, not turn the puck over, and not try to force it to the inside, just, just play, I really like Toronto in this. And Vegas is like five out of six. And this is their slide. And, and I don't know. It's hard to come out of that, especially without the leaders like Stone and Eichel. Like if you've got Stone and Eichel, you've got a guy you can take the team on your back and carry him out of this. Uh, the only way to get out of this one for me t tonight is is Aiden Hill's the first star of the game. If Aiden Hill's first star, Vegas has a chance. Otherwise, I like Toronto in this one big. Toronto's feeling it. They've got seven in a row. They're 
pumping teams with goals. Like they, they, they're averaging over five goals a game over their last six. Like, come on. Like this team is yeah. firing on all cylinders right now. I like them over Vegas, especially at home. And, and you know what Toronto's like when things are going good, Toronto loves you and the fans love you. And right now they love this leaf group. And I think it's going to be difficult for Vegas to come through and find a way to win in Toronto tonight. We all know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You want to check out the Flyers and Leafs tonight, lay a bet down? That may be the way to do it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8HOPE-NY or text 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for your problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill and Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright the NHL 2024. All rights are reserved. Well, one thing, too, is Timothy Lilligren is out of the lineup for the Maple Leafs, so they are jumbling their D pairs a little bit, which does concern me because we talked before. They were starting to find some chemistry with guys. They had Benoit with McCabe, and they had Brody with Lilligren, and they had Riley playing with basically whoever he was going to play with, Lagesson, Geo. But it does look like they might make some jumbles, which may lead to some of that you know, confusion, some play that we had before where it wasn't so consistent. So that makes me a little worried. Another tidbit I wanted to throw out about John Tavares before we roll too far fast that was something they are doing is they are giving him hero line minutes and they're giving him hero line minutes over Matthew Nyes. So Nyes will take a shift off or two off and they'll put Tavares up with Matthews and Marner. So that may be the compromise they made with him. Hey, we'll roll you out there if we're either up or if we're down just to give us that big Detroit style hero line and just kind of jam it down someone's throat. So that is there too. But uh, for tonight's game, I'm just hoping they revert back to at least keeping the pairs as close as they can because they have been effective. Yeah, but even their young defensemen have been really good during this stretch. I mean, they've had to get thrown into the fire with Morgan Riley out of the lineup with the suspension. They've played extremely well. And I think better than most expected at the back end. And because they can outscore most of their mistakes... I think they're going to be okay for right now. And you're right with Riley back and then Giordano back and you get that veteran presence. I think they're going to be okay in the back end, even without Lilligren in the lineup. Yeah. It's weird to say Lilligren because as of close as like three weeks ago, we were all saying this guy should be factored into a trade package because it looked like he hit his ceiling and it wasn't going to be much more growth from him. Riley goes down. He slides in with Brody. Everybody's basically playing where they're supposed to look great, but uh, we'll see what the injury is for him and where that goes. But then we have the Coyotes coming in, another team we beat last week. And I and listen, I know that they're they're not, you know, the cats meow in the NHL, but still you have to respect every opponent for what they potentially could bring. And the Leafs and the Coyotes, we talked about it last time. They got a victory. They got some moments. They got the 50 goals from Matthews. But the Coyotes 
definitely have the Leafs number. And for the Leafs to beat them twice in a calendar year would be something. Yeah. Here, here's the, 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 the stark reality for the Arizona Coyotes. They've lost 12 in a row and Clayton Keller is day to day. And without, without Clayton Keller in the lineup, they're playing the Montreal Canadiens tonight without Clayton Keller. Things get rough. And if they can't score, they, they surely can't outscore a Toronto Maple Leaf team. So the only way they're going to, they're going to be able to come through with Toronto Maple Leafs, you got to look at a sandwich game. You look at the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing Vegas. They're playing Boston. And what do you got thrown in between there? You throw out the Arizona Coyotes. It is hard to play those games and it's hard to get up for those games that really just aren't that important for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And in their schedule, this is one that I look at and go, gosh, maybe because the Arizona Coyotes, they've always played well in Toronto. And again, it's going to have to come down to this. Connor Ingram's going to have to be absolutely elite. And he was at moments when Toronto came in and you saw that in the second period yep. in the game here in the Mullet arena, Arizona shocked them. I mean, they, they came back with three quick goals and I think, you know, Sheldon keep calls the timeout. I think they were very, surprised and then they just again they just rolled and that's where i said if they play their 60 minute game they'll they are they're so much better than arizona but players sometimes you say it's arizona and matthews and nylander and marner start looking at point night it happens like these guys that are they start well gosh you know i might get one i make it five well you start getting that kind of mentality and that's where you make mistakes that's where you hold on to the puck too long that's where you're not trying to help out your teammates and that's one of the concerns in a game like this again between vegas and boston and a team is depleted without their leading score. You can look by them. If Toronto doesn't steps on the ice, play 60 minutes, Toronto wins. Yep. If they don't, Arizona can give teams fits. They play hard enough and the goaltending can be good enough on paper. This one won't even be close. I think this will be a bigger, uh, a bigger victory for the Leafs than they saw in mullet arena. Ooh, all right. All right. Well, hopefully the Leafs can keep the train rolling. I mean, that would put you up to nine in a row if they were able to knock off Vegas and the Yotes again, and I believe it's the Rangers after that who Shesterkin's starting to look good. So we'll have to worry about him on, I believe, Saturday night. Yeah, it's um, Rangers. I'm sorry. It was Rangers, then Boston. That's so all right. No, hey, yep. still good teams heading this way, right? Yeah, so, well, exactly. And Rangers got the streak of their own. And so you got, you, you've got teams coming in that are – man, if you look at that, it's your schedule. Vegas, Arizona. Rangers, Boston. Like, what's the one you're looking by? What's the one that's yeah. going to be, gosh, we, we got that win. Well, check that win off, but we're going to have to be really good against the Rangers in Boston. It's a trap game. It's it's definitely a trap game because all those games are at home. Look out. And Buffalo is another one of those. It's another trap game. They go, this team stinks. And, and then all of a sudden you're looking by and looking to somebody else because then you go on the road to Boston. So there's a lot of good teams playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think what this does, James, for Toronto right now, is this is really going to show they're playing extremely well. They're scoring a yep. lot of goals and they're getting a lot of wins. But now you're looking at Boston twice on their schedule. You're looking at Vegas twice on their schedule. And you're looking at the Rangers once in a short period of time. Where do they fit? Where do they fit in the Eastern Conference? Where do they fit in the NHL? And I think that's going to be a true test because there's a lot of naysayers like me that say this Toronto team just, they're just not quite there. They're good, but there's some really good teams in the East. You know, a team that was thought of the same way was those lovely LA Kings when they squeaked <laughs> yeah. in at eight and everybody said, yeah, no, they got yep. the talent, but they just don't seem to have it all. And then that team, you know, run the gambit and got it done. So I'll take that right now, but I do know yeah. the next topic we're about to go on to, there is going to be some changes to this lineup. And I still do believe, like I said last week, they are going to pair someone for Morgan Riley. I think that is their top priority. But I do think they still want to address that penalty kill because even during this winning streak, their penalty kill still is suffering. They are getting scored on basically at will by most teams on their PK. 
And is that because you're playing Matthews and Marner? Is that because you're not playing guys that are just built better for that role, for blocking shots and grinding it out and just being snot-nosed kind of guys? I don't know. But I think if you bring in at least one, maybe two kind of guys, but then you're starting to take away from what you've built here on your lineup already. But again, Yarn Crow comes back. He's one of their penalty killers. So if you add maybe one more piece and say, hey, Yarn Croak's kind of like our deadline ad. We haven't had him for a while. Then you add in, I don't know. I keep saying Blake Coleman because he's the guy that I want. Right. And, you know, if I beat a drum, usually sometimes it comes true. I sat in October of last year and said, I want the Leafs to get Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Shari. And they got both of them. So <laughs> I'm going to my drum. Get it out there. But here's the problem. The biggest problem that Brad Living faces is dollar in, dollar out. Yeah. I mean, this is all going to be about the cap. And he's going to. So what that means is if you want to bring somebody in, somebody that you like or somebody that the fans like or somebody that a teammate likes is going to have to go out. It's You have to. There's just no room for the money to work any other way. So the one way you can do that is through getting somebody off of injured, injured reserve. And you talk about yarn croak. That's going to be a huge addition to this team without be, uh, adjusting the cap too much. It, I talked last time about Brad Trilliman. Brad Trilliman is going to have to work some magic. And and there I, I know that there are still wants and needs there. I know there are. And it's bottom six forwards. And I do think a defenseman is their absolute greatest need. They need that defenseman. And, and when I said this team can't win a Stanley Cup, you're right. When you look at the LA Kings, LA Kings squeak in. This team is not squeaking in. I mean, there's a really, really, really good hockey team that can score with anybody in the National Hockey League, period. Yeah. But, but to get you over the hump, it's going to be something special to get you through that. And it's going to be defending and goaltending. And those are the two question marks I've had about this Leaf team the entire season. So if you can pick up a top four defenseman, and that's hard to do. Yeah, at the trade that's really hard to do, especially financially, to make that work. So that means somebody, you're going to have to lose somebody. You're going to have to lose somebody that you liked. And it's going to probably be um, somebody on that bottom six that's making enough money to get him out. I still think there's moves to make. And I do think that one player, just one, can make a huge difference as long as they don't go for the wrong one. And that's why I talk about Shane Doan and Brad Living and the staff that's there in Toronto. I know how important they understand chemistry. They really do. It's not just the name. It's how are they going to fit in the leaf room. So I'm hopeful that they find that player because right now that top teams in the East, Toronto is definitely one of them. But I, I do think that's a piece that they could add at the back end to really help get them over. Yeah, well, it's, you talk about over the top. Once you bring in a guy to play with Morgan Riley, we talked about this last week, it does slot everyone else down to where they need to be. Brody with Lilligren, McCabe and Benoit, everyone's down. Giordano's probably, at that point, your seventh defenseman, which is not a bad depth option if someone gets hurt. And you talk about the young guys like uh, Rafai or Lejoie or Lagason. You have depth, so you don't need to go find depth guys. You have those that can step in and play Decent minutes for you if you need them to. But this move, I really think if you're going to focus on one thing, which they can definitely make some room to bring it in. Connor Timmons is a guy over a million dollars. A couple of other guys you can send down to free it up. You have Martin Jones that maybe you include in a deal, mm-hmm. you know, to go somewhere because you don't want to lose him on waivers. So there's more money, but they will find a way. Brandon Pridham always does, figures it out somehow, some way, but they can get that one defenseman. I will tell you, I will make a guarantee this team at least goes to the Eastern Conference Final. Wow, if they get, if they can get that defenseman. I, I'm curious as to who, who's going to fit that role because there are some guys out there, but again, it's it's money. 
and, and money is going to be the big concern. And you, you have, we've talked about Noah Hannafin a lot everywhere. Yeah. Is Noah Hannafin a fit on the Maple Leafs? Well, yeah. He doesn't want to play in Canada, apparently. Yeah. So I, we see him going down to the, we talked about him in Arizona in, in the Southwest. I don't think that's going to happen right now. But at, at one point when they were a playoff team, Noah Hannafin's name tossed around a lot. So I, I am really curious to see who gets on that short list as this date gets closer. I know you and I are going to talk again in, in a few weeks as the trade deadline gets closer and we'll start narrowing down some names that actually might fit for this Toronto Maple Leaf roster. Yeah, the only name right now that's like, I guess, the hot button one that you know, all the media brings up is Tanev, but there's guys like Dumba, there's guys like Sissons, there's guys like uh, Walker, um, lots of different players that are out there that may not cost a huge ticket number, but can definitely provide what Luke, just think about this, Leaf fans, what Luke Shen did with Morgan Riley yeah. last year had a low cap hit. That's what you're looking for yeah. this year. An effective shutdown defenseman who can play physical to allow Mo to do what he does best. That's what you're looking for. And Luke Shen wasn't a big flashy name, but he came in and he worked where he was placed. And yeah, that's a, what we need. You talk about Shen. It's funny. He's a guy that played for Arizona eight years ago. And when he left Arizona, we go, can't play. Can't play anymore. Yeah. He's, he's too slow, but he's still out there grinding. Like he's he and, a and that's big, what you could deal from Nashville too. I know. And this is where you talk about, you talk about a guy like that. You don't, Leafs don't need a guy that can go up and down the ice. They don't need a guy that can, that can, that can add to the, you know, four man rush. They don't need that. They've got that. You, you, scoring is not an issue. You need a guy that can play from the red line in that can defend the rush and can defend the, defend the blue paint. That's what you need. Like yep. you, you've got enough speed on this team. So you're right. You're going to have to look past some of the sexy players that are, Oh, wow. That's a flashy for No, you don't need that. You need the guy that can grind it out, can dig it out in the corner, can put somebody in through the glass. I we'll wait and see. There's I've I've got a couple names and just not yet, James. I'm gonna do a little more studying, but we've got some that I, I think might fit better. I, I like Dumba. Dumba's at three nine. He's a guy he can skate well enough for sure. He's physical. Yep. I just I'm not when he was with Minnesota, he was a defending role with Jonas Bourdine. They were their top defensive pair in Minnesota. He's not that here in Arizona. They want him to be more because they need more. And unfortunately, I'm not sure he's the right guy to be more. And I think that that's kind of put him out of a spot. If you put him with Riley and say, okay, here's your job. Your job is to defend from the red line. He's fast enough, skates yep. really well. He's got a great stick and he's physical. So he's the guy, but the concern again is 3.9. And can you get that to fit? So, well, you know he, what? Do a double retain. If you can get uh, Arizona retain 50% and they get yep. someone else to retain yet again, the Leafs are good for it. They've done it a few times. So that might be the way they get yep. a name like that in this lineup. But again, like I said, you're just looking for someone to fit the Luke Shen kind of mold. Yep. And just we'll play beside Riley. And like you said, red line back. You don't need anything else, but we'll see what happens. You're always so great, though, man. You take the time every time I message you, so I appreciate it. Cannot wait till next week when we got some trade deadline talk to get to. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Let's let's. Uh, I, I, I got to admit, I don't always love talking Leafs hockey. Sorry, Coyote <laughs> fans. Sorry, Coyote fans. But thanks for having me on on the show, James. I appreciate you giving me a voice. No worries at all. Hey, Leaf fans, you know what it is around here. Enjoy your lunch, but this is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk.